That is our confession tonight. Yes. That from north to south, yes. from the east to the west, yes, there is absolutely no other God. Yes, you alone are the only yes, true living God. Besides you, apart from you, there's none else. And that's why we worship you tonight. That's why we bless your name tonight. That's why we praise and adore you tonight. You are wonderful. You are awesome. You are marvelous. You are majestic. You are such a loving father. We receive of your love tonight. We embrace your love tonight. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you are here already. Live it in us. Yes, so you can move through us yes, to be a blessing to our generation. Yes, Thank you, Papa. We honor you. We praise you, Father. Yes, Thank you for the refreshing that comes from your presence tonight. We bless your name for your word. Thank you because we know your word is already anointed. Yes. And thank you, Father God, because our ears are open yes. and our hearts are ready yes. to receive the engrafted word of God. Yes by which we do grow into the fullness of who you are. Thank you, Father God. We honor, we bless you. We praise your name forever. In Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. Take your seat and welcome to this midweek refueling station. We know you go out all day, all week, and so we just figure you, you need some refueling. Amen? Amen? So you can top up, top off. Amen. So let's just, uh, like we said, the way we advertise these meetings is that we're going to use these sessions to unpack Sunday mornings, uh, make it interactive, make sure we're taking away uh, pertinent tools that will help us in our work with God. Amen? So last Sunday, we talked about the vision of the house. And so right away, let me just throw this out. How many people remember the primary text, the main verse that talks about vision in the scriptures. Okay. More clue. Proverbs 29, 18. Can anybody recall that? Without a vision, the people perish. I, I just want to challenge us. The only way you and I are going to be able to walk in the fullness of what God is doing in our lives or saying to us, we have to commit to memory vital scriptures because in the day of adversity, all you have is the word of God. Not your emotion, not your feelings, not your sentiment. There's only one thing the devil recognizes, the word of God. How do we know this? We know this because when the enemy came directly at Jesus, the only thing Jesus used against the devil was not even his name to say, I am Jesus. That didn't move him. What moved him is the word of God. Because the word of God is what? Settled. There's a psalm, there's a, there's a scripture that says, thy word, O Lord, is forever what? Settled in heaven. Amen? So that word is settled. So I, I want to encourage us. You, you may not know 300 verses of scripture like Dr. McCambie, you know, but there are key ones that all of us should endeavor to know and to memorize so that you have it on recall when you need it. And that's really the way revelation knowledge comes. The scripture you know and you meditate on and you keep on recalling and keep on recalling and keep on recalling. One day, out of that scripture, walks out Jesus in a very specific, tangible, dynamic way that no one can ever take it away from you. Amen? So remember that, Proverbs 29, 18, where there's no vision, the people perish. And happy is he that keeps the law. Proverbs 29, verse 18. Amen. Amen. Yeah, so last Sunday, we, we, we talked about the vision of the house, and that vision statement, our God here has to be revealed. Some of us in the place, some of us in the Lord. Basically, the vision of the house says that we are building something that we can transform missions by exercising kingdom glory and everywhere. And I said to us that that vision statement is broken in how many parts? Three parts. Three parts. Part number one identifies what? Who? Who we are. And so who are we? Strong families. Strong families. 
That's what we are, strong families. Okay? Part number two, identifies what? What we are going to do. Remember, this is time when we're going to do this interaction. Okay? This interaction. So we talk together. I'm not just here to preach at you. We are talking together. Okay. I'm trying to help us to be established, to remember the things that God has already taught us, so it becomes part of us, and it's ours. Amen? So, part number one talks about who we are, part number two talks about what? What we are called to do. What we are called to do. And in this house, in this case, what are we called to do? Transforming the nations. Thank you very much. I need to bring my daughter here. Maybe I will face up my stuff. I have in my back my office. Amen. And number three. How do we do it? So we know who we are. We know what we are called to do. And then we know how we are supposed to do so. And how are we supposed to do this? Exercise. 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 Where? Everywhere. Everywhere. Let, let me just begin with that tonight as we move forward. So that's important. I shared with you on Sunday that only 3% of the body of Christ is called to open ministry. A pastor, a preacher, evangelist, a you know, whatever you want. Only 3%. So the 97% of us that may not be called to that area of ministry, God also has something for you. God does not have a special elite team like the, the US military, where you have the uh, Navy SEALs, Navy SEALs, uh, the special forces, the Delta forces, and then you have the general population. No, God does not like that. A man or a woman beside, behind the pulpit, I hope you can take this, is no more spiritual than you who is not behind the pulpit. Okay, let's, let's take something. Why is that so? I know you're saying correct, correct. Let me break it down. Let me make sure you understand. Why is that so? Anybody? Language can not speak. Share my knowledge can not speak. Anybody else? Because you might be called to do a different thing. Your calling is a different. Your calling is a different. Yeah. That's true. But why is that? Why is it that if a person is called to the they are no different or special or more spiritual than the person that's not called to the book. That's that's what I'm asking. That's it. Because we need to we need to debunk this myth. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. We need to debunk this myth that has the so-called superstars in the kingdom mm -hmm. and the not so super people. From reading my Bible, that's not God. God says in Psalm <laughs> 2, verse 9, for you are a chosen generation. You are a holy nation. A peculiar, which means special. That word peculiar means special. And it's not just saying pastor is special, apostle is special, evangelist is special. They say you, all of you, all of you, that's been blood bought, are special. Everyone is special in the kingdom of God. But the question is why? Are you serious with it? Anyone reason why? Oh, because we have the call access. Because we have the call access. Ah, go to the practice. Go to the practice. Go to the practice. This is important. It's not going to be locked to the answer. Because we have important access. That is not the total, complete answer. Mm -hmm. But it's not going to be locked. Maybe it's not a respecter of persons. Of course it's not a respecter of persons. That is also true. You are also not trying to know. Yes, my friend. We are under the same grace. Abba! You are under the same grace. Man, I won't be looking at you. In Jesus' name.
Because until we develop that, we will never fully understand our role and, and, and mature into whatever God wants us to do. So if I was to tell you, if I was to give you a quiz, A, B, C, D, just one quiz in the five answers. Number one, who is, the, who is the most spiritual of these individuals? A, the event. B, uh, oh, Johnny Six Pack. Is it Johnny Six Pack or what? Johnny, okay, Johnny Brown. Okay, B, Johnny Brown. C, uh, what's C? Harvey? Okay, Trump. Okay. <laughs> D. Uh, who is D? Who can be D? Uh, Christy Man. Christy Man. Football player. Okay. And E. All of the above. Oh, not E. Yeah, E. None of them. None of them. Who's most quick? The way God sees you, it means you are not able to see your identity. So you've been robbed already, and therefore you are not going to be able to function. If, uh, if you are thinking someone is better than you because they are a picture and another picture, you have been robbed already. So the point here tonight is all of us have been called to exercise kingdom, dominion, everything. Every I mean, wherever you find yourself. Wherever you find yourself. In your family, in the church, education, government, business, media, and creative arts of entertainment. Those are the seven building blocks of every nation and society. Now, you may have some people that say, well, maybe it's not seven, it's eight or nine. That's fine. We don't have to split years on how many years. The point is, each one of us can find ourselves in any of these moments. Right now, as we speak. And somebody say, listen, wherever you find yourself, exercise my dominion in that arena right now. I'm praying for the day that God Christ. We get to that place where we don't have to think I can't do ABC unless Pastor Joe Do shows up. That diminishes that. That's not his intention. Now, I understand we have to grow. And I, I mean, who baptized Philip the uh, who baptized the Ukrainian? Let's go back to Jesus and call the apostle for Pastor John Doe. When God was looking to bring Apostle Paul into his alignment and purpose, who did he use? A certain disciple named Ananias. All he was was a follower of Jesus. No title, no position.
The picture is a picture that gives our remembrance of who I am. Yes. And when I'm not home, I can see how looking at the picture can bring comfort to her. But when I'm just standing next to her, the real <laughs> And she still wants to kiss a cat that gives a real one. Then I say, brother! is so real. It's so real. He has paid the price. He has given us full access. And he says, listen, I'm real. And I want to be with you. I want whether you are in a family situation, in a church situation, you are a teacher in the education system, you work in government, you are part of uh, uh, media, you are doing creative arts, you are, uh, you, you are making, whatever it is you're doing. He says, forget all the all that things that are not work. Just let me tell you what you do in the moment. Amen. 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 When Peter was in trouble, in Acts chapter, what's it called? It was the believers who were praying for him, not apostles. <laughs> Regular Christians like you and I. And God answered the prayer, lose the chain. And was there. So I guess what I'm trying to say to us, listen, every one of us has been the key to not only receive the Holy Spirit, but to be activated and using and allow the Holy Spirit to use us for his great honor of God. Mm-hmm. I think I mentioned the five or six thoughts about how uh, they loved us and washed us and made me and you become kings and priests. Yeah. That's what it says. As a king, we issue the priests. As a priest, we serve. But all of us, not just some of us. So I'm saying to us, don't think the three percent who are called into full-time vocational ministry are better than the million out. That's just where God is calling you to serve. Just within the market. It's in the need of the education and they need media. Can you imagine if you had a God-filled media? What would happen to our ministry if God people are better than news? Instead of power. But we say, God gave the word, and great is the company that was publishing it. So God is giving his word, but when you are publishing, and, and, and schooling, and spinning, and watching it there, it's not what God is saying. And that's what we bring our house every day. Every day. And sometimes it's amazing to me. It's amazing. I hear what the person says, and I hear what the person says. It's amazing. Because the media is not for the most part. But the only way we're going to change that is not more than about it. God has to visit those of us who are given that area and visit us. So we can begin to be to be the change. And just not complain about it from now. Okay. Alright, so we know the three parts who we are, what we're going to do, and how we're supposed to do it. And so really, the bottom line in all of this, let's bring it home to where we are now. So you can see the connection between a sound family and the transformation of the nation. Let me, let me just focus on that tonight. When we say sound, strong family, what is the correlation or relationship between that and a, strong, a good nation, a nation that's transformed? Let's, let's do a case study of Africa. Let's look at Everybody in this room agrees. That the endemic problem of African nations what? More what? Ah! Hold on. Did you say that? You did not need a brief on the spirit, don't you? We all know it's all corruption. Now, look at the look at the look at the trouble. We are trying to fix corruption at governmental level. So we say, the president of Kenya fixes it. President of Gambia, fix it. So we elected men in office and give them a mandate to fix an endemic corruption at national level. Well, let me ask you this. Is that where corruption starts? Absolutely not. And sharing is so you can see the correlation between the family and the nation and single distribution lies. So a child that's kind of old. Now, okay, let me use my example. When I was growing up in school, 
I cannot go to school, I live in the house. And come home on holidays with a shirt that my mother and father did not buy. That's right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just put up the one, I put on the shirt. They didn't buy it. Do you think they're not going to ask me, son, where did you get that shirt from? Hello? Yes. Where did you get it from? Who paid for it? How did they get money? What is that teaching you? I can do it. Today, same nations, your child goes to school, comes home with an iPhone 6, and he has no job. The parents say, oh man, I like the smartphone, it's one of them more. And they say, well, ah, you want something, let me try. <laughs> no questions asked. Wow. And by asking no question, you are giving a tacit approval <laughs> to a child who has no income to get things he cannot pay for. Hello? Back in those days, you tell you lie. I mean, I mean, the permission has been given to that community. Yes. You don't have to get home to, to, to understand the consequences of life. Your uncle lives two blocks away. You're beating, you're getting beating from your uncle. But we don't have to go. You're not to But today, kids are lying, people are lying. Everything happens at home level, and we don't check it. So if I don't know it's wrong to lie in the house, or maybe, in fact, let's pack it up. Don't let's put it on the kids. The parents are lying. <laughs> the parents are lying. And the kids know that the parents are lying. <laughs> your phone is ringing, you tell your son, tell them I'm not Therefore, God said, because of that, I'm the best. 
And you read it in Genesis chapter uh, 18, you read it in Genesis chapter 22, Genesis chapter 24, Genesis chapter 28. Each time God blessed Jacob and Isaac, God reminded them of blessing them because of their heart. God bless Solomon, why? Because of David. So you can see that God has a plan for our lives. So let's just in that idea, let's talk a little bit. How, what do we need to have to have some families? I have more money than that. Need strong mommies and daddies. Need strong mommies and daddies. Strong values. Strong values. That's what I have in my notes. Strong values. So where do values come from? Yeah, they come from home. How do you get Okay. Your belief. Thank you. Ah. Not lying, 
the storefront room. Has to be a place where our children and spouses can talk about anything. It, it, an environment where parents and children can sit down and nothing's out of bounds. Communication. Because if our children can talk to us, what happens is we open it up and we find other sources that they can trust. That is not a very helpful. Huge. That was a problem in Jacob's and Sokina family. And let me sorry. How you view the world will drive the choices you make as you live life. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. And uh, so, so you look at this last election cycle, it was a difficult situation. Because you have two flawed candidates. So it's not as current uh, as the previous cycles. I mean, that's, that's just the problem. I mean, uh, there are some things that were good about either candidates, and there are some good things that were just tested. So, uh, but at the end of the day, your value and personal choices becomes a moral compass. And that's why, personally, I, I, I'm not, I, I am not a card-carrying Republican or Democrat. I'm breaking that way. Because I'm not looking at the individual, I mean, rather, I'm not looking at the party platform when I'm going. Because both of them are good and both of them are evil. Absolutely. There's enough good about both of them. And there's enough evil about both of them. Uh, in fact, the, 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 the teaching we have on the summer really addresses that very, 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 very powerfully. You know, because, and I'm mindful of, mindful of that, but I can step away. Because in the past, I used to wonder the likes of Reverend Jesse Jackson, Reverend Al about social issues and, and, and the moral compass and I just I was very judgmental, very, very judgmental to my own uh, shall I say uh, shared until I began to understand what drove those positions. Now I still don't agree with them. I want to make that clear. I don't agree with them but I understand why they are very hard. No, <laughs> <laughs> because, because, because they are what 
and the liberal theology says, the liberal theology says, there is too much evil in the world for which the church is not been active enough. So their whole value system, if you will, their whole way of thinking because of the evil, we, the church, must get involved to stand before the injustice, inequality, and all of those things. And so, so they get on that bad one, bad one. That's why you're going to find the Democrat Party very sensitive to the plight of the poor. Because they feel that God wants to take care of the poor. So they major on that. And while they're doing that, they tread over all that weightier issues. You see what I'm saying? The Republican Party, they major on the morality. And in doing so, those things are what they totally become insensitive to the plight of the small or poor person. So, so they're not saying they're not going to help the poor man, but they're just saying, you know, instead of just giving a hand up, we're going to make you work, we're going to teach you how to. They have, they have plans on doing something for us, but the average person on the street don't understand that plan. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, 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 it's not that they are, it's not that they are insensitive. They are perceived to be insensitive. And that's a big deal. I know this is not the political thing, but do the Jacksons and the Sharptons believe that the church is the answer to those issues, or do they believe that government is the answer? Because when government becomes government, that's 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 a form of theology where government, and that's, I'm just asking. I, I'm not in your mind. I can't tell them what to do. But they just know that they own the problem and, and, and the way to solve that problem is to have the organizations, the civil movement, the rainbow movement, the action networks, and doing all of those things. They, they, they describe the business of the government, they come together. So it's, it's a myriad of things. But both of them have issues. Of both of them. Not a government, okay, yes. <laughs> Maybe Pastor Larry can answer In Ephesians 4, the Bible tells us Ephesians 4, and not to Ephesians 4. It says, but to each one of us, uh, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, he says, when he ascended, he on high, he led captivity together, and then if you wonder what he, what, what were given. It goes then to verse 11, uh, verse 12, uh, uh, verse 11. Uh, it talks about all of the gifts are possible. Yeah. And I'm wondering if perhaps a misunderstanding of this verse of scripture is not at the root of the problem we have. Because we confuse these gifts for titles. And so people are people assume because I'm apostle this, that I have the gift of apostleship, because I'm pastor this. I have the gift of a pastor. Mm -hmm. And so we were pursuing titles mm -hmm. rather than the, the giftings mm -hmm. that are implied in those offices. So I'm, I'm just saying that to address the thing that you made about titles, should we then actively as a church begin to de-emphasize titles? It will help. How for do instance, we do that? For instance, till this day in Nigeria, Kumuni is what? Brother W F Kumuni. So that does that does that diminish him? No, no, no. It doesn't. I don't know. Yeah, but years ago, when we were going to do a person in Nigeria, I told that Pastor Jacob Mokose. I don't know if you remember. Yeah. I told him I said, Brother Bank. He said, No, 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 no. Ah, I told him to put Brother Bank on the poster. Nobody will come to the meeting.
and someone puts up their house. That's it. Till the day, 2017. They feed you. They don't, they don't make offerings. None of that. The most powerful voice in the nation. Consistently consistent for years. Go find it at the books. want us to do this evening is I don't just want us to just hear these things and not do something about it I want us to do something about it and our prayer will be get towards that towards doing something about it uh, I don't want to ask anybody how many people in their family have a vision how many people have a vision for their family right here in this room I think those are some of the things that we need to start doing and asking God to do the very first time I married my wife we had a vision yeah, before we marry her. I'm sorry. <laughs> I want to say before. I want to say before. <laughs> Part of the thing that brought us together is that we had a vision. There are two things I made very clear to my wife. One, we have a vision. And those visions we have modified over the years. As our children have come, as yes, we have modified. And the other thing I told my wife, the other thing I told my wife is that no matter how many children we have, and we are not going to compare them with one another. Because every child is different. Every human being is different. And what we are going to do is try and help them emphasize on what we think their calling is and help them to be able to get into that. Those things help. Those things help. It helps a lot. It, 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 it's, it, there are some things that we worry about. You know, when we're talking about families, some of the drawbacks of our families is that we worry about too many things that are unimportant. When you have a vision, it solidifies what, you, what, what are important to you. There are things that my children do, I don't even care, I don't even talk about, I don't even, I don't even want to know. But there are some other things that are based, that are value-based, that we have established over a period of time. Yeah, when they do that, when they, it's when they violate that, that you see me go off. Those things have to be, you know, those things have to be kept. Those things have to be done. We have to do those things. One of it is respect. And respect means you have to respect yourself, respect other people, and respect people's properties. Amen. You have to respect it. Respect yourself. That's one very common language in our house. Respect yourself. So you know where you're going. You know you're, you know you're going out of the line when, when you hear respect yourself. You know? So those things, they help. Let's, I mean, let's, Let's, let's start by doing that tonight. We're talking about strong families. Let's start by having a vision. And explain to you, there's hardly any day that my children don't hear about the vision. When I'm driving them to school. That's why I drive them to school. That's why, you know, I, I don't want them to take the bus. They, they don't take the bus to school. I drive them, and those are the place, place, and that's the point where we talk about all these things. We talk about them, and those, has, that, those things have helped us to be able to come, you know, less conflicts, less problems, less issues. Everybody knows his position. They know where they're going. They know what, you know, they're doing. I don't judge my children by, you know, the same standard. Why? We have a vision. We have where we're going. We know what we want to do. So tonight we're going to pray that every family, and those of us that have, that God will help us to continue to modify it. Let's modify it. Let's adjust it to suit where we're headed for, where God is leading us to as a family. Let's stand on our feet tonight and let's pray about that. It's a good place to start. If you have not done that, at least start with a conversation tonight with your spouse. Start with a conversation and say, hey, we need to have, we need to start thinking about a vision for our family. Let's lift up our voices tonight and let's begin to pray for that. That God will help us. I want us to use uh, Philippians 3 verse 12 where Paul calls it. He said, he said, I want to apprehend that which I have been apprehended for. There's something you have been apprehended for. There's something your family was apprehended for. There's a reason for which God created your family. Yes. It's time to apprehend that which Thank God. God. It's time to apprehend that which God you, has apprehended us for. It's time to apprehend that. Let's begin to pray. Let's begin to ask God to open the eyes of our understanding so that we'll know the purpose of our families. We want to be strong families or we are strong families. That's what we're called to be. 
That's what God desires for us. That we are strong families. We are strong families. And like we have heard tonight, one of the things that will help us to be strong families is that our families have vision. Our family has a vision. We have a vision of where we're going. Thank you, Lord. We have a vision of where we're going. So that we begin to major on the things that, come, that matter to God. We are not troubled everywhere. Jesus told Martha that you, 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 you care about too many things that are unimportant. Sometimes we fail because we care about too many things. We don't have a compass like Pastor Charles called it. Our families don't have a compass. We don't have a radar. We don't have a star that is guiding us. And therefore we cannot follow through north. Or we cannot, you know, circle back to through north. Where we have values. In the same way, let's pray for every family in this, in this, uh, uh, in this, in this assembly. Every one person that's here, that God will help every one of us to be able to come to that place. Every one person that, that's a member of Workfront, that God will help us. That God will help us to be able to come to that place where we're strong families because we have vision. Let's pray for everybody. Let's pray for everybody. Pray for everybody. Pray for the children. Pray for the fathers. Pray for everybody. As we're doing that, we know that no vision is important or no vision has efficacy when there are no values. Let's begin to pray that our vision will be value-based. They will be value-based. The vision of our families will be value-based. The vision of our families will be value-based. And how do we do that like we had this evening? is by what we believe. What do you believe? This evening, let's begin to pray. God, every unbelief, everything that is not of faith, everything that is not of faith in my belief system, everything that is not of faith, everything that is not of belief in my mind, Lord, help me to be able to get transformed in that area. Help my mind. Help my mind, oh God. Help my mind. Let's lift up our voices. That God will help us to be able to uh, uh, believe his word. That when he says this, it is so. Like Mary, we can say, be it unto me according to your word. Because there's no good belief system without the word of God. Every belief system that is outside the word of God is just positive thinking. It's not faith. And we know that anything that is not of faith is not of God. It is only through faith, through belief that we can please God. In other words, our vision cannot be pleasing unto God without a solid belief base. Let's begin to thank God. Let's begin to ask God and, and thank him. First of all, let, let's thank him because we know from scriptures, the Bible tells us that God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. So, you, what you need to do is just stir it up. Stir that faith up. Stir that faith up. God has dealt to you the measure of faith. The faith that you have is not different from the faith. The faith that I have is not different from the faith that you have. The only thing that makes a difference is how much use I make of my faith. He has dealt to everyone the measure of faith. You have the measure of faith. You have the measure of faith. You have the measure of the spirit. You have the measure of faith. You have the measure of the spirit. You can begin to believe God. You can begin to exercise your faith. You can begin to stand on your faith. And begin to walk in belief. And then that begins to drive your value system. And we know that when your value system is driven by faith, then your vision is driven by faith. And when your vision is driven, you arrive at where God really wants you to be. At that point, that through north where God wants you to be. Father, this evening we just thank you for every one person in our assembly here. Every one person in work fund, we just want to thank you. Thank you for making us a strong family. Thank you for making us families that are strong, that are working in your will, that are working in your purpose, oh God. Father, we thank you, oh God. We just want to bless you for the vision that you have given us as a house. We receive that vision in the name of Jesus. That we are strong families. We are transforming the nations. And we are exercising kingdom dominion everywhere. Every one person of us, oh God, 
We're exercising kingdom dominion everywhere. Thank you for elevating our minds this evening to know that we have a calling from God. That every one person has a calling from God. Every one of us. We are called. We are called by God. And you said in your word that that calling is a holy calling. That you have called us with a holy calling. Father, we just want to thank you for this calling. And, and that no matter in any area of our life and our existence that we find ourselves, Father, we begin to recall and begin to act according to this holy calling that you have given us. Because your word declares, no man take this honor of himself except he be called of God. Father, we thank you for the calling upon every one person. We thank you for the calling upon every one member, oh God, in the name of Jesus, that will go around glorifying your name, oh God, in the name of Jesus, that your will will be fulfilled in the lives of people, oh God, in the name of Jesus, that through us, reconciliation of men will happen in every area in the name of Jesus, that men and women will begin to see us and begin to interact with us and begin to reconsider their lives and begin to see that reconciliation with God is a thing that they have to do. Father, we thank you. Father, we bless your holy name. We thank you, O God. We bless your holy name. Father, I want to thank you for every one family in this, in this assembly, O God. We thank you because you said we are strong families. And tonight we have heard, O God, that one of the things that makes us strong families is to have a vision, O God. Father, in the name of Jesus, we ask that that starts with us tonight. In the name of Jesus. That we begin to talk to one another as a family, O God. That we begin to speak. Husband will begin to speak to the, father, to, to, uh, to the, to the wives. And wives will begin to speak to the husband. And deep will begin to call unto deep, O God. In the name of Jesus. That husbands and wives and the children, they will begin to form visions, O God. Visions from above, O God. Visions from heaven, O God. That will lead them to that place, O God, where you want, us, where you want them to be. In the name of Jesus. Father, we just want to thank you. We thank you because tonight you are helping our faith. And we know from your word that we have received the measure of faith. Father, we just want to bless you, O God. Help us to be able to stir our faith up, O God. To walk in the reality of faith, O God. To believe you for everything that you said. So that we can say like Mary said, Be it unto us as a family, according to your word. Father, we thank you because you open the eyes of everyone's understanding. That the eyes of our understanding will be enlightened. That we may know what the hope of our calling is. And what the riches of the glory of your inheritance is in the saints. Especially us as families, oh God. Father, we just want to thank you and we bless you. Thank you, oh God, for the calling that you have called us. We will fulfill it, oh God. Because we have your spirit. You have not called us into nothingness. You have called us to you, oh God. And you have not just only called us, you have equipped us, oh God. We thank you for your Holy Spirit that you have used to equip us. You are equipping us yet still with our values, O oh God. In the name of Jesus, Father, we bless you. We give you praise. We exalt you. We thank you, O oh God. Thank you for the word tonight. We will not be the same again. Our eyes have been opened. Our understanding has been enlightened. Father, we want to, bring, we want to give you glory, O oh God. And thank you because our life, because of the word that you have shared with us tonight, our life will not be the same again. Our life will be that glow, that life that brings glory and honor to you. Father, we just want to thank you. We bless your holy name. We bless your holy name. Just lift up your hands all over this place and just bless him. Just thank him. Thank him tonight. Thank him tonight that as a family, God is giving you a new vision. God is opening your eyes. God is giving you a new vision. He's opening your eyes. God is giving you a new vision. He is opening your eyes. He is opening your eyes to what he wants you to do. He is opening your eyes to what he wants you to become. Father, we just want to thank you. Father, we thank you. We bless your holy name. We bless your holy name. Thank you. Because to this end, oh God, we thank you. Because according to your word, you said that you want us to be conformed to the very image of Christ. We thank you because we, we're, we're leading the path to that place. We thank you. Thank you for equipping us with your Holy Spirit. Thank you for equipping us with your word. Thank you for equipping us with the saints that will encourage us, that will sharpen us, that will help us, oh God. Father, we bless you. We thank you. We glorify your name. We exalt your holy name. Thank you, oh God. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for our children. They will be called blessed, oh God. We give you praise. Our fathers will be called the household of wisdom in the name of Jesus. Our mothers will be called the breastplate of understanding in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. We bless your holy name. Thank you, oh God. We bless you. Thank you. Thank you for your word. We thank you. This word is sweet to our soul. 
and we receive it, O oh God. Yes. We thank you because it is quickened at every time yes. in our hearts, in our lives, in our families, O oh God. We bless you and we give you praise. And we exalt your holy name. In the name of Jesus we have prayed. In the name of Jesus we have prayed. Let's just give God some praise for helping us this evening. Let's give God some praise. Let's give him praise for helping us. Oh, hallelujah.